Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. Thank you all for engaging with our podcast. It's been super inspiring for us to hear about the ways that these stories have been touching you and the way that they've been inspiring you to wonder what budgeting with a why might look like in your own lives. You're listening to the sixth episode of Eleven on The Good Budget Way, Season 1. Last time, we got to hear from Jeff, who was here to tell us his story of how he purchased a new car, even though he actually still had a perfectly drivable car. So if you want to hear that story, definitely go back and listen to that episode. You'll get to hear him talk about how he thought about what was truly important in that purchase process, as well as how he got to practice generosity in the process. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you myself and my husband, Bruce. So we're going to share our story. And since we can't or I can't ask questions of myself, Carissa is here to host. Hey there. In this episode, you're going to hear Bruce and Chien talk about budgeting with kids and the conversations they had as they tried to figure out how to make adjustments in their work schedules so that they could spend more time with family. And finally, you're going to hear about how they included others in these talks. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you introduce yourselves and then tell us a little bit about you? Hi, I'm Bruce, and this is my wife, Chien. Um, we have been married for eight years now, and then we have two kids. One, our daughter, is four years old, and then our son is one and a half. Is so he really one and a half now? He's a little more than one and a half. We're in the throes of toddlerhood. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. So um, today we're going to actually be kind of talking about kids, and you're going to be sharing your story about um, deciding to cut your work schedule to be home with kids. So can you share a little bit about how those conversations started? I think they really started in earnest when we got pregnant with the first kid. It was mm-hmm. a little bit like, oh, we're going to have a kid. And so this is real. We got to figure out who's going to take care of our kid, whether one of us was going to stay home or we were going to look for daycare or babysitting. But kind of as we got closer to the time that we actually got pregnant with the first kid, we had begun to wonder about whether I might keep working and Bruce might keep working as well. And then then there were more questions mm-hmm. about child care. Was it daycare? Is it babysitter? Is it something something else entirely? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a value for at least one of us being with the kids um, throughout the week for a significant portion of time. So I think we we're trying to make arrangements for, you know, either for Chien or myself to be with our kids um, during the daytime so that we can build a relationship with them. Okay, so at this point, you, you have your child and you're um, on maternity leave. Can you tell us about like what, like the, your research behind those childcare options? I know you probably had a lot. So what did you do? Yeah, well, Chien usually starts with a spreadsheet. So she's more <laughs> of the analytical, geeky, nerdy. Well, I'm pretty nerdy, but um, but she started, yeah, she started putting together some analysis uh, spreadsheets and whatnot of the different childcare options and um, also the different um, ways that if she cut her schedule at work or if she stopped working, what would that impact be and in terms of our income? And I don't know, she could, she could say more about those spreadsheets. I mean, the numbers did come out differently depending on whether I stayed home full-time or we both tried to do something part-time or we both worked full-time. And then daycare, childcare expenses kind of go opposite of that. Um, 
so even though the numbers were different, it was kind of a wash mm-hmm. in our particular case. I know it's not that way for all families, um, but it, for us, it ended up more being the difference between were we going to save a smaller amount or were we going to save a larger amount that maybe we're more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everything was on the table. We did even consider possibly Bruce staying home full time, um, mm-hmm. but we didn't end up going that route. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I had been with my company Dayspring for um, 15 years at that point. Mm -hmm. So I think I had a significant amount of investment in continuing um, with the mission of the company and Mm -hmm. the relationships there obviously were special to me. And also, I mean, the work is great too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's fun to build stuff and um, be able to use those skills in a way that helps people. So yeah, I think I had enough desire to be at work to not I don't not think that being home full-time would be a viable option for me mm-hmm. uh, I, see. I think same for Chan too I think she thrives really in the office and well you could talk more about um, your your job I think Bruce actually saw that for me before I saw it for myself because I had the model of my mom who stayed home full-time when her her kids myself and my brothers were young I had assumed that that would work well for me and that our family would do it. But I think Bruce, earlier than I was, was able to see the way that being not just in an office setting, but kind of like an organization of adults who work together towards a common purpose um, really is a place where I thrive. So, yeah, I work at Good Budget. And um, for me, that's a a lot of joy. Um, I really enjoy the work that we do, both um, the conversations we get to have about money, as well as hearing from customers um, and then working on software. Um, it kind of like tickles all of my both nerdy and creative um, and um, mm-hmm. interpersonal mm-hmm. parts of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so to step away from that would have been, it would have been a loss. So it sounds like through all, a lot of that research, you are figuring out, as you said, that stepping, like having one of you guys step away completely would have been just a total loss. And so at that point then, are you figuring out like how you're going to make it work with you know, mm-hmm. just reducing a work schedule or tell me more about that. Well, it's a lot of conversations okay. with lots of different people. Yeah, I remember we had had some conversation at home between the two of us of considering like what possibilities might work for our family. Uh, but and we had I think we had an ideal picture of how much each of us would want to work and how versus being at home caring for the kids um, or I guess one kid, hypothetical kid at the time. Um <laughs> But then we knew because our company was small, we really needed to get input from other people. You sort of have conversations with our bosses and um, the people leading the teams and figuring out what what would work for not just us, but also um, the company. Um, So we I remember sitting around like this really small wooden conference table with I think there were five of us in a fairly small conference room at our old office Mm -hmm. building um, and putting forward a couple different proposals I think that we had come up with um, of different kind of part-time schedules as well as like even down to days of the week that which ones of us would be in the office um, and then getting feedback from the leaders in our company about how that might how they thought that might work um, for other people um, not just you know from the perspective of our our own family. Mm -hmm. Yeah can you like maybe like paint that scene a little bit. Can you tell me like how were your coworkers or this leadership team, how were they accepting the proposals? Were they like shocked? Were they concerned? Like what were, what were they thinking? I don't think they were shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had already told them we were expecting a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that part was new. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think the context of that, you know, bringing the proposal to the leaders, it 
it wasn't kind of one of these like, oh, I have a question. I'm going to ask my boss and I don't know mm-hmm. what my boss is going to say. I'm so scared. <laughs> it was not that at all because the depth of our relationships with the leaders of the company are, are really deep. And um, some of them we've known for, well, mm-hmm. Bruce has known them, some of them for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense of we are asking a question. We know we're making a request that isn't kind of a shoe in that, that people are going to definitely say yes to, mm-hmm. but also a sense of we know that we're going to be cared for and loved in mm-hmm. the context of that request. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of trust in between between us and, and the company and mm-hmm. with the leadership. And so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like I got to get my own, my, my stuff, um, get my schedule the way I want it. But it was really, or even from the company's perspective, I didn't feel like they're like, oh, we have to like maximize mm-hmm. um, what we get out of you. But it mm-hmm. was more of like, how, do, how can we care for the whole? So I think that was pretty refreshing and, I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but I think that it could have gone differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember feeling really cared for. Um, And we did. And also, I felt like we were invited to look out for other people other than ourselves, too, Mm -hmm. to think about how will this affect our teammates and what changes would need to be made in order for it to work, not just for Bruce and me and our fledgling family, but also for the rest of our teammates at the company if we were going to continue working. Mm -hmm. So I think after that conversation, we ended up agreeing on something that was not quite exactly Bruce and my ideal picture. So right now I'm on a 80% schedule. So I work two half days instead of taking one lump of a day um, to take care of the kids. Um, so I can be in the office every day to take care of things with clients or with um, with the team. So I think that was, um, that was a reasonable request and something I was glad to um, take on. So it sounds like you guys really figured out kind of like the ideal situation where, you know, you're, you're looking out for the company. So, you know, you're making sacrifices in order to be here all day, as well as um, being able to be home with the kids as, mm-hmm. as much as you can. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there are trade-offs, I think. I mean, for me, it's, there are times when it'd be nice to be in the office more and it, I mean, I love my kids, and I think I really treasure those times that I have with them in those afternoons most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, except when they're having a hard time, and yeah. therefore we are having a hard time. Well, that's probably when we need to be there with them. Yeah, but, that's true. That's true. But at the same time, yeah, I think in the office, you know, it def- definitely affects my role and what I can do um, with my team and uh, with the other developers. You know, it's not like I don't lose anything, um, but I think it it's a good trade-off, at least for this stage of our lives. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think the what we gain is really rich and deep relationships with our kids, as well as with other people in our broader community. Because mm-hmm. um, I think if you, as we did before, we both worked full-time nine-to-five or plus or minus jobs, um, that's a certain community of people that do that and so we have overlap with them and we get to know our coworkers and whatnot um, but now we have some time during the week either afternoons for Bruce or a couple days for me that we're actually able to hang out at the playground or mm-hmm. be at the grocery store or Bruce got to take a music a couple music classes with Lydia and meet folks that way it's actually a different segment of people and relationships that we get to mm-hmm. build um, not just with our own children but other people in the community because of having that space in our weekday life. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think I would be as connected to Lydia's school community. Um, but because I pick her up on a couple of days a week, I get to 
hang out with some of the parents as I do the pickup and get to know them. I think that's been a blessing. Yeah, and then I think one of the other big things that we gain um, is this feeling that our kids know both of us as go-to people. So they definitely, each of them has gone through stages where they have, you know, a daddy preference or a mommy preference. Um, But at the end of the day, like, if either one of them gets hurt, it's not like you can predict which parent they're going to go to. Um, Yeah, it might just be whoever happens to be there. Yeah, Um, who's closer. Yeah. (laughs) In proximity. (laughs) Or who's not doing something else. Um, So, and I think that's really a gift. And again, I don't think that's to say that families that have one person stay home full time Mm -hmm. and one Mm -hmm. person work full time don't have that. I think for just, it happens to look like that in our family. um, And we've really appreciated that gift and the flexibility to do that. Okay, so I want to move to, um, at this point, you figured out, you know, kind of like the schedule that's going to work for you, you know, with working an 80% schedule or working, you know, X amount of days. Um, So then, you know, what what, what do you do with the kids after, you know, when you're both at work or when one of you is, is, you know, not home? What happens with the kids? So there are times when both of us are in the office at the same time. Right, and yeah. Some, yeah, we do need to ask someone to watch our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you <laughs> find childcare? No, no, we, we <laughs> just <laughs> leave <laughs> them at home by themselves. But isn't that what everybody does? <laughs> they're, la- they're called latchkey. They're home right now by the kids. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, we did. I made some spreadsheets um, <laughs> to look at different childcare options. And we looked at everything from, like, full-time daycare at, like, a daycare center to um, babysitting options. And then I was actually really surprised at how much daycare costs. Yeah, that's Um, crazy. Yeah, some of the daycares we looked at, um, the cost per month for tuition for the kid is like about as much as we pay for our mortgage. So that was a little nuts. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty outrageous. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I think childcare costs a lot because you're actually paying for people, right? You're paying Mm -hmm. for people's time to watch your kids. And and in that sense, it really makes sense. people who are really good at caring for children like um that's their work and it's important to pay them um for that but also when we looked at the context of our own budget it just wasn't gonna Mm -hmm. work um or make sense for us to to spend that kind of money so we had we knew that there was this um, one woman who's part of our broader church community um, who had watched um some of the other kids in our church community when they were young um and that she does that for a living. Um, that's how she earns money. And then at the same time, because we knew that we couldn't afford to pay someone kind of like a nanny rate and um, where they're fully dedicated to your kids and they, they only do activities with developmentally appropriate activities with your kids and take them to play groups and whatever different things, I kind of didn't know how to start the conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I knew that we c- probably couldn't afford the market rate or couldn't afford or, or wouldn't choose to do that in the context of the rest of our budget. But I, I also, I don't know, it was awkward. I didn't want to take advantage either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so prior to talking with her, I remember talking to Cindy, um, who had, had, had asked her to watch her kids when Cindy's kids were young. Um, and Cindy and this woman, Juana, have, at that point had had a relationship together for maybe like 10 years. Their kids had gone to school together. They'd been involved in PTA stuff together. So I knew that Cindy knew her well. um, And I knew that Cindy knew us um, and where we were coming from as well. So I remember being on a playground with Cindy and, you know, trying to have a conversation about something kind of serious, you know, trying to talk about money and childcare budget. 
Um, but you know, there's like kids running around, so, like two sentences of a conversation, and then like some kid runs by and like asks for something, and then five more sentences, and that's kind of how the conversation went as we we're all out on the playground together. Um, but kind of the big takeaway that I had from the conversation with Cindy was that she was basically saying that um, to take like if Juana would offer us a discounted rate, then to take her at face value. Um, because from Cindy's perspective, she felt like she had experienced Juana extending generosity to her as well as to others um, through the course of their relationship. I think Cindy was inviting me and us to receive generosity from Juana as well, um, to receive, if if she would offer us a lower rate, then to receive that as generosity, as opposed to kind of having a lot of awkwardness of like, are we taking advantage of you and that kind of stuff. So uh, that was actually really helpful to help me get to a place where I feel like, okay, I can just have this conversation with you and tell you what we think we can afford to pay and then trust that she could say yes or no based on her own perspective. And if she said yes, then that would be her choosing to be generous with us and we could actually receive that and be grateful for it um, versus any of the other ways that conversation could have gone. So yeah, I mean, I think that began to shape our relationship with Juana pretty early on. I mean, we knew that she was great with kids. Um, mm-hmm. she, we had had experience with her through other things in our church where she had um, cared for kids in our midst. Lydia started going to Juana's maybe when she was five months old. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, this is kind of like the first time parent thing, right? Like, I remember the first time Lydia met Juana and I was like, oh my gosh, is my baby going to like her? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course she did. And like Juana was awesome and yeah. she still is. But yeah, I mean, I think we continue to, receive that generosity and really be grateful for it and um, look for ways that we can be generous with her as well um, in ways that we are free to, right? We we still don't think that we can pay like a market rate um, for um, the work that she's doing with our kids and loving them. Um, but simple things like when we choose to go on vacation, um, rather than not paying her hourly rate at all, we actually continue to pay for that time because we feel mm-hmm. like we've essentially asked her to reserve that time to watch our kids um so yeah yeah she's been great i think our kids totally trust her and they look forward to being with her you know when they go out the gate it's always like see ya <laughs> As no, opposed tears. To like, no tears it's like okay i feel special <laughs> just kidding no i feel i they love us all but i think they're they have a special relationship with her so i think it's, she has a generosity of spirit, you know. It's mm-hmm. more than just, you know, in, than just kind of this childcare arrangement. It's like she just is a generous person. I love that idea of like the reciprocity of generosity, or you know, how you're able to give a little and Juan mm-hmm. is able to give a little, and it's kind of like about the relationship almost, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah, when I first met her, actually, it was way before we had. I was married, even. And I brought her kids to a summer camp at church. And so it feels like it's kind of coming full circle. <laughs> I watched her kids and she's watching my kids. Yeah. So, Well, her kids are all grown now. Yeah. Well, almost all. One of them's 20, right? And then the youngest is in almost entering high school. So they're, they're a lot older than our kids. It's a gift to our kids to be watched by Juana because the arrangement that we have with her is is not like a nanny arrangement. It's not like Juana comes to our house mm-hmm. and you know does stuff at our place. Our kids go to her house and then they basically participate in her family's family life, right? So Juana's cooking dinner for her family. 
our kids are hanging out with her while she's cooking dinner. Uh, Juana's kids are hanging around um, doing homework or playing video games. Our kids are hanging around with them. And so <laughs> our kids get to have a relationship not just with Juana, but also with her kids, which is a gift to us because of who her kids are too. Um, they're just really generous people and people who, who love others um, and look out for, you know, not everybody looks out for little kids mm-hmm. um, and they really do. And so we're really grateful for that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now I kind of want to shift in and hear a little bit about how you were actually budgeting for new baby. Yeah, so we had spreadsheets. More spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of spreadsheets in our life. I think partly because for me, when I don't know something, and I, I get a little nervous, um, and I work out my nervousness or my fear by making spreadsheets. Other people do different <laughs> things, but I make spreadsheets. Um, so we had a spreadsheet to budget for baby, and that included things like how much income we thought we wouldn't have during me taking maternity leave um, as well as Bruce possibly taking some paid family leave Um, and then we also had you know estimated how much hospital expenses would be as well as just like baby related gear that we thought we might want to buy Um, obviously babies don't actually need a whole lot when they're born they mostly just need someone to hold them and love them and feed them Um, (laughs) but there's also other things that we would want to have. Um, so we had a lot of those things um, planned out, guesstimating how much they would cost. And we started setting aside some money for that um, before, well, during the pregnancy. Um, but then I think as it actually went, we ended up finding that we didn't spend as much of the money that we had saved for baby, um, largely because other people had been really generous with us. Um, like we were given a crib um, mm-hmm. that actually had been through at least two other families before mm-hmm. ours. Um, and then and we, we've taken it apart now and we're saving it for someone else. <laughs> um, and then we'd been given strollers and a lot of clothes. A lot of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> we have boxes and boxes of hand-me-downs that are basically labeled by gender and size um, in our wow. kids' closet. Nice clothes, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So there's this one um, little pink or rose pink sleeper. It's got a, like a footy fleece, um, and it has this tiny little bird on it embroidered that says it's a pink bird, and it says chirp. It's super cute. And our daughter wore it. Um, and had we had received it from my um, brother and sister's sister-in-law's family. They're also part of our church community, and their three girls had worn it. And so, after when I when I saw that kind of in the box, I was like, "Oh, this is so sweet that our daughter gets mm-hmm. to wear the same clothes as um, my nieces um, and kind of be part of not just like using an item, but be part of a series of relationships and mm-hmm. kind of this inherited um, generosity." Um, and then later when I was packing it away after she had outgrown it, I was asking about, um, or I think I was asking myself about who to give it to next. And I looked on the tag and on the tag, it was the name of the child who had originally worn it. Um, and the child who had originally worn (laughs) it actually was like way older than my nieces. She's, um, she's actually going to be a sophomore in college this fall. Wow. Um, so it was kind of really fun. And then I started asking about who else has worn this item of clothing and I Mm -hmm. found out that it actually it had actually been through like maybe six or seven different girls um, through, wow. you know, through that 20 or yeah. I guess 15 year period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are all girls that um, we know and love and that love our, our daughter, mm-hmm. our family. Um, so it's, it's fun yeah, yeah. to, you know, not just get stuff, but where that stuff actually mm-hmm. it's, has 
relationships, kind of a fabric of relationships in it, not just the fabric yeah. of the clothes. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so cool that these items have like little pieces of history attached to them and then they can kind mm-hmm. of be like a little like person almost in a way or mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. you, you know, really cherish because they have so many values attached to it. I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. And then I'm really struck by just hearing about how this kind of com- how your community mm-hmm. kind of functions, right? They seem to be so willing to be generous with one another. Um, that's definitely something you don't hear about all that often. So it's really cool that you guys get to experience that, right? And then can give back um, mm-hmm. yourselves, right? Because you've had people that have been able to be generous with you. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think that is true. I think it's definitely something we've learned from our church community, um, also from our extended family. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's it's much easier to be generous with others if after we've experienced generosity and received generosity and then invite our kids into that lifestyle as well. So now you've been, you know, living with this decision for a few years now. Can you like talk about how that's been, you know, the adjustments? Adjusting to life with kids or adjusting to life with a newborn is a little nuts. So I, I think both times around that was not that easy for us um, just like the basic stuff of like getting up with a baby and changing diapers and a child who needs you all the time and who's dependent on you and sometimes crying and sometimes not I I had a hard time with that um, Bruce was actually more the superhero during that phase no, I don't think so I think we had a lot of help I think yes maybe one of the themes from that time is that we were really blessed with a lot of like even with all the limitations that we had with our kids being young and things like that actually turned out to be more of a blessing to us because we were able to develop a deeper relationships with people because mm-hmm. we're dependent on them mm-hmm. for like um, meals or just company or stuff. I mean, we got, like we said before, we got tons of stuff and like we didn't even dip that much into the money we saved for the times that we had our kids. And that was just a real, it's a real tangible, um, physical manifestation of that, um, that blessing from the community that we're a part of. So, yeah, I think, um, I think the limitations that we've had really allowed us to, um, enter into community life in a deeper way. Yeah, I think on like a practical kind of budgeting side of things, I'm really grateful that we had early on in our marriage gotten the advice to consider living on one income, even though we actually at the time had two full-time incomes um, because, and we didn't have any kids um, because the flexibility that that could possibly open up in the future, um, whether that is giving money or time or... um, what and and the giving time it could be you know giving time to take care of our own children or it could be giving time to other other people and um, groups in our community um, that actually made the process of going through this decision about um, how much are we going to work and what are we going to do for childcare and that kind of thing how much time will we have at home with our kids it it wasn't an easy decision but it opened up possibilities that I think wouldn't necessarily have been there for us because at that point we had already purchased a house. Um, and once, I mean, obviously you can sell a house, um, but we had a mortgage. It was a certain size, um, but the size of the mortgage that we committed to had assumed 
um, one salary rather than assuming two salaries. Um, and that gave us a lot more space um, to even consider this possibility where both of us would be staying home part time with our kids and, and the richness of the relationships that we have with our kids as well as our community um, because of the space, that kind of space that we have in our lives. Well, thank you both for sharing your story with us. I, I think I'm really struck by um, just how much you really you both really value relationships, whether that be with your kids or with your coworkers, the people in your larger community. It seemed like you guys are really knit together by those relationships that you've had and how you've been able to strengthen them through the decisions that you've made and through, you know, limitations of, you know, being home with kids or, you know, being at work and things like that. So yeah, I think that's a really awesome story. So thank you both for sharing that with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. That was such a cool story to hear. I was really struck by how they chose to value family and relationships and how they made decisions on what they were going to spend towards and made decisions on what they were not going to spend on. And then how those spending decisions created limitations that allowed them to accept the generosity of others, as well as um, how they could then be generous with others and deepen relationships. So that's exactly what the Good Budget Way is all about. Also, I'm inspired to try to be more generous. I think Bruce and Chien received so much generosity and they were also able to give so much. And for me, it makes me think about how I could give even more to causes that I already care about. Um, I already give to some organizations, so you know, maybe there's some opportunity for me to give more. And so that's really exciting. Next time, we're going to get to hear from three people. We'll have Brendan together with his parents, Danny and Cindy, who will be here to share with us about their process of saving for college, applying for college, and figuring out how they were going to pay for it when they knew that the savings wasn't going to be enough. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for more and rate it to help other folks find it too. And let us know what you thought of Bruce and my story on our website at goodbudget.com podcast. And if you've been inspired to budget with a Y, get started on your budget by going to goodbudget.com and getting started with our software that's great for families and singles alike. Or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting! Happy budgeting!